Hi there and welcome to a special edition of the Jersnet weekly podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is made for fans by fans and where all the content is free. As, and as I say, you most weeks, guys, when I'm when I'm hosting, it's not just the pod that we have free. We have online content, uh, match reviews, previews. Uh, there's a there's a there's a museum on there. There's the forums, obviously. There's loads of stuff happening. So get yourself on there. Uh, it's an it's a an extra special edition of the pod this week. Uh, a, a variety of circumstances. One being that, that Ross was basking so much. <laughs> And pumping Celtic on Saturday on Sunday night show that we, we didn't cover it. And lockdown has has put uh, a few of us in a position, you know, we're working from home and stuff like that. So we have a wee bit more time uh, to, to, to give you more content. So we thought we would do a wee sort of half hour preview of tomorrow's game against Standard Liège in the Europa League. Uh, we have over 3,000 subscribers now. So if, you, if you're listening to us for the first time, then please subscribe and like and pass a message on social media. Uh, I should give you a wee... Uh, uh, heads up to the, the show that Ross hosted on Sunday. It's it's looking like it's going to be our, our, our most popular show so far in terms of hits uh, and people listening to it. So get on to it if you haven't listened to it so far. Uh, it's an hour of pure joy. Uh, the podcast is live at the moment, live on YouTube. It's Wednesday night, the night before the game. However, it will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms as always, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher and Spotify. Uh, we've only got one guest tonight. As I said, it's just a wee quick sort of preview of the big game tomorrow as we start our Europa League campaign for the third year in a row under Steven Gerrard. And that's uh, Alex Anderson. How are you, Alex? Are you looking forward to the game tomorrow night? Uh, I really am, uh, Colin. Yes. Although, to be honest with you, I think we're kind of conning uh, the listening public out there by telling them it's a preview of tomorrow night's show. We're really just going to do 29 minutes of uh, recapping Saturday's events and then <laughs> at the end and, 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 and it was just, aye, by the way, it's a 5 to 6 kick off the morning. Right, and then that's the standard league playing red and white, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I must admit, uh, I mean, obviously, watch the game on Saturday. Uh, and, and since lockdown started, I've tried to. You know, I'm I'm someone who, if I look at a salad, I put on weight kind of thing. So, with so much time in my hands, I, I really was conscious that if I wasn't careful in terms of what I was eating and what I was drinking, I would I would, I would ballooned in terms of my weight. So I've kind of, you know, I've cut back on, on my eating. I'm sort of eating less meat, and I've cut back on the alcohol quite a bit. You know, especially through the week, I don't touch it and. I must admit, I woke up on Sunday rough as toast. It is the roughest <laughs> I have felt in a long time. It was worth it. Uh, even my missus sort of commented on sort of how much I was drinking on Saturday, uh, but it was it was worth it. What about you? How did how did you enjoy the, the game on oh, Saturday? I, I, the, the easy cure for me was don't go to bed. You know, I was I realised I realised when I was uh, taking Twitter photographs of uh, the the latest Hoff I was having. Uh, and, and Aye, that's a sign, isn't it? Every Rangers fan I could think of it. You know I mean, but I think you've got to ask yourself. I mean, I think there was a fantastic show for the boys on uh, on Sunday night. But you've got to ask yourself, Colin, 
if you're still sober enough to, to string a sentence together and appear in a podcast after that, this performance on Saturday, are you, are you a real Rangers man? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the thing is, like, see, like, if, if, I'm, if I'm not uh, on the show on a Sunday night, you know, the wife will normally buy a wee bottle of wine. I'll get a couple of beers and I could even look at a beer on Sunday. You know what I mean? So my wife's like, so you've got the <laughs> night off and you can't do anywhere. And I was like, no, I can't do anything with it rather than lie in the fetal position, weeping like a wane. You know what I mean? Because I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was enjoyable for, for many reasons. Obviously beating them at Celtic Park, is, is, especially the second time in a row, brilliant. You know, I think it's you that's pointed out in Twitter quite a few times that Steven Gerrard hasn't won. Uh, the first old firm game of the season since he came here and now he's got that off his back yeah. but one of the reasons I've really enjoyed it is the total meltdown it's, you know that you always yeah. get after we beat them and the one today that I saw was Jackie McNamara Jackie McNamara saying that we're not a good team and all this I was just oh, no. and, and <laughs> what was the other <laughs> thing I saw through the week the, the video the Rod Stewart video have you oh, seen I that <laughs> I, could, I, I couldn't. I, I was. I was. I was just wanting the, the baby. I was wanting to, to kind of soft the buzz of the baby. That would just have sobered me up instantly. I just. I just oh, saw a hint of it. And I was like, honestly, "Get me away for that straight away." Honestly, and and I do believe that a Celtic employee appears on the video. Uh, I won't name oh, names, but oh, it's just it's. You're just like that. Oh, it's, you know, just inject it straight into my veins. But yeah, I, I've, I've kind of I've suffered a wee bit. Even on Monday, I was still feeling a wee bit tender. But it was worth well, it after after. I that think that's result. that's that's when you know you're you're doing the business and things are things are really turning around. Finally, um, it's when you're starting to get more and more excuses and the, the, that that old thing where Celtic get Celtic fans and some former Celtic employees get to the point where they're actually rubbishing their own performance as a way of slagging ours. Yeah, and you're thinking yeah. that's fine. That that that's fine. Bring it on. Listen, mate. We've had this um, since we come back up to the top flight. Remember, we we drew one each with them. You know, Clint Hill equalising. Oh, he's all celebrating a draw at Parkhead. You know, oh, he's all invading the pitch at Fur Hill because you, you get into Europe for a last minute and go. Oh, how embarrassing! And now it's oh, you've only beat us twice in a row at Parkhead. You know how yeah, yeah. how embarrassing. <laughs> it's going to get to the stage. But, oh, he's he's only won this new Super League. You know, that's <laughs> overrated. You know what I mean? I know, I know. So, it, has, uh, it has been good. It has been good. I must admit. Been I, I, uh, I've had I've had a few days off this week as well. I, I, I was supposed to have the whole week off, but I had to sort of log on on Monday because something came up that I needed to deal with, and I had to log on for a couple of hours yesterday as well. But that's me till next week. So, yeah, it's it's been a good week overall and hopefully it will continue tomorrow night. Uh, another European campaign under Steven Gerrard, Alex. First game in Group D. And it, 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 the whole sort of process, the, the, the COVID has obviously had an impact. So it's the first of three successive games in as many weeks we've got. Uh, Les Poznan and Ibrox to come next Thursday. Uh, Benfica the following week uh, on Bonfire Night. So a really, really busy period, starting another European campaign. How, how does that make you feel at the moment? Yeah, fantastic. Really, really looking forward to it. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, Colin, I think the, the pace of the tournament uh, actually suits us just now. I, just, I mean, all, all joking aside, the, the result at Parkhead, the other thing it makes us think about instantly is what happened the last time we beat Celtic at Parkhead. You know, they kind of they kind of collapse after the winter break, and yeah. uh, although it's a different although it's a different time of the season, I think for us to have these games coming thick and fast, this suits this this Rangers team the kind of mentality. Um, and I think they look they look like they're enjoying themselves. They've been the same. They've been much the same the kind of October period the last the last couple of seasons under Stevie G going really well, looking like they kind of get enough of it. But 
I was really pleased when we come back for the international break. That was a, that was a, that was a worry as well. But even didn't looking at like Alfie, you're wondering is is he going to get his head turned again, going away to South America? Is he going to be, he come back and he was looking up for it? Okay, didn't he? You know, he had a few moments, didn't he score that that goal we're wanting to get against Celtic and that bit. He's been he's been on it all season in terms of commitment to the cause. You know, he, he's back working his socks off and he's 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 happy for his teammates as he is for him. The prima donna thing's gone, and the rest of the team are just on it. And I think we're getting to a stage where the squad itself is also, you know, strengthening. We've got new arrivals. Um, we've got we've got players for virtually every position. You know, two players for virtually every position. There's competition across the board, and you're looking at that game in Saturday, and you're thinking, there's no crowd there. And this Rangers team do like a big, a big crowd. They do like a full, a full stadium, home and away. But they look like they're challenging themselves. Rangers look like they're, the challenge is coming from within, you know. And uh, I think the worst thing that can happen to them is, is if they stop playing. So yeah, three. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard going. Don't get me wrong. You know, you've got. Uh, you said it was like I think it was a, it was two weeks and three weeks between games last season. That's that's the standard the, the group stage. But now, obviously, because of COVID, kind of concerting in the the season, you've got uh, three games in three weeks. I think it's a three-week break, and another three games in three weeks. So it's going to be intense. But I think this, I think that suits Stevie G's team just now. Yeah, I would agree. But you know, do you, you like a bit of momentum in these kind of things? Uh, a wee bit of background info on on, on standard liege and, and you know their, their sort of history with Scottish clubs and ourselves. We've played them once before, and I know you're a bit of a a, a, a connoisseur and. A, and a fashionado of European football, Alex. So you'll probably you you'll be able to tell me who scored in these games and you know what minute they scored. But we played them in '62 in the quarterfinal of the European Cup. Uh, they beat us four-three over two legs, four-one away leg was what killed us. We beat them two nothing at Ibrox, but we we got beat four-one away from home. So it's a ground that we've not won at. They have actually quite a good record historically against Scottish clubs. You know, they've put out Aberdeen, Dungeon United, Hearts and previous European competitions. The last one, uh, the last time they played against Scottish opponents was 1992 against Hearts and they put them out at that time. Uh, our record against Belgian teams isn't too bad. We, we obviously suffered the, that defeat in 62 for Liège, but we'd previously beat Anderlecht in, in 59. And of course, I'm, I'm sure you were there, Alex, the famous night against Bruges. Uh, in '92, when when we beat them two one in the Champions League with that Scott Nisbet goal, so I mean, in terms of you know Scotland against uh, Belgium, you know, in terms of club football and, and Rangers in particular, it bodes well, and you know, we, we go there sort of confident, I would think. Aye, it's a match. It's it's a it's a it, we're, we're well matched as clubs. Um, kind of institutionally, we're record against teams from. You know, Standard Lazy's record against teams from Belgium, eh, from Scotland. You know, they've I think it was they played United twice. They played Hearts. Hearts was their first ever game in European football. Um, they beat them in the old European Cup in the fifties. Um, and we're also Anderlecht are the only sorry Standard Lazy are the only team uh, to beat us from Belgium. But beat the other two. They you know in Belgium they have the kind of big three thing. It's the same as a bit like a kind of watered down version of the Dutch league. You've got your, you know, PSV, Ajax. Um, Feyenoord and you know in Portugal, so we've got a wee chance with this group amongst other things. You know for you know Anna like myself um, to kind of complete the, the the set. If we beat Benfica, that's us beating the the big three in Portugal and Europe. And if we beat uh, Standard, that's us beating the the big three in uh, Belgium. But I, I I feel as if Standard is a kind of 
as far as these things go, as far as you know, the history affects you know the players that are taking the pitch uh, on Thursday night. Uh, it's not like standard are going to be looking at us and thinking, oh, teams for Scotland, we've got a bad record there. That's not going to be the back of their mind. And uh, for us, we've got we've got nothing to fear with that in that respect either. But it's a there are. They're a club that I'm trying to kind of place them. I've been trying to place them all day, and it's, it's they're maybe a bit like the Aberdeen of Belgium, if you like. Um, but it's that, as I say, it's a big three thing as opposed to a big two uh, in Belgium. And they're the, I would say they're, they're definitely the third of Anderlecht and Bruges are kind of ahead of them historically. There's actually a another wee team, um, Union St. Gilles, if that's how you pronounce it. They're kind of um, they're a favourite of the hipsters. Uh, they're the kind of <laughs> a kind of mix of Dumbarton and Queens Park. You know, they they've got one more league title uh, than Standard Liège, but they've they've been kind of uh, roaming the the bottom tiers of Belgian football for a few years now. So Standard, they're one of the clubs are just looking to just go that wee bit that wee bit higher, that wee bit bigger. They've got a bit of kind of chip on their shoulder, I would imagine. Um, lovely romantic side. There's probably two boys in uh, Liège right now doing a podcast talking about Glasgow being the, the shipbuilding capital of Britain or something like that, you know. And that's and it's the same. You look at Standard; they're, they're from a real working class city. You know, it used to be the old kind of steel, uh, steel mills and you know mining, a lot of heavy industry. Uh, so they've got that kind of working class tradition. So it's going to be it's it, it's going to be tasty. And I'm just I'm trying to work out if they are actually the second. History-wise, they're definitely the, the kind of third team in this group. We're, we're second, Benfica are first. Um, but in terms of form, it's really confusing, you know, because Lech Poznan, who have the, the worst European history of all the clubs in this group, they actually put out Charleroi, another Belgian team, uh, in the in the playoffs and uh, on the qualifiers uh, for the season's Europa League. And Charleroi finished ahead. They're just ahead of Standard Liège just now. Uh, at the top of the current league, and they, they finished ahead of them in last season's league, so it's it's difficult to it's difficult to see who's kind of you know our biggest rival, if you like, for second place. If we're looking at Benfica as as, as favourites, but um, aye, it's going to be seriously interesting. Uh, the, the squad trained at Ibrox today, Alex. Uh, before flying out, Stephen Gerrard had his his press conference not long after arriving. Uh, now it, it doesn't seem that long ago that we were talking about. You know, we were getting a sort of glut of injuries at the wrong time. You know, Aribo was out, Roof was out. Uh, there was a couple of others out for, for a couple of games as well. But it seems to me that they're all they're all coming back at the moment. Gerard commented today that the squad is in a really good place at the moment. Uh, Roof and Aribo just need to get up to speed. The only one that isn't available at the moment is is obviously Katic long term with, with, with that uh, cruciate. So, I mean, as I said, it wasn't that long ago we, we were quite worried about the, the injuries that we were getting, especially to some of the, the, the new signings, but it seems that they're all coming back. And given the current circumstances, you know, with COVID, we'll, we'll come on to discuss, you know, uh, Standard Liège have their own issues with that at the moment. You know, they've, they've lost two or three players through it. It's good to see that we've got as, as basically a full complement of players. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, especially when you can't help thinking that this COVID thing is going to hit us at some point. You know, oh, die undoubtedly. Aye. So it, it's it's not just a case of uh, you you want a, you want the full squad there just uh, for backup for for your normal injuries and suspensions. You want it there for uh, COVID cover, and also you want to exploit the hell out of it while we don't have COVID to get ourselves the momentum that we need. You know, <laughs> to, to to get ahead of the game for when you know it does cause us setbacks on the park. 
which uh, inevitably will. No, I'm uh, really pleased with the squad, uh, the, the way it's going just now, uh, Colin. I, I'm, I think we're absolutely uh, we're in as good a position as we have been since uh, since 2012. Um, as I say, I think that plays. I think that's playing a big part in in the kind of the attitude that you're seeing from the team just now. Uh, and as many of these players as we can get fit and back as possible as, as possible is is, is just uh, to our advantage. I noticed today as well that uh, young Leon King, he's only he's only sixteen. He trained with the squad uh, today. I noticed that Jordan Campbell was saying on Twitter there was a possibility or a suggestion that he may travel as part of the, the twenty-three man squad. Now I, I I can't see him if he if he has travelled. I'm I'm not quite sure at the moment, but I, I can't see him getting any game time. But it's good to see young guys like that getting exposure to you know the, the, the sort of preparation process for big games like that. Uh, as we were talking about off air uh, just before we come on there, this is going to go one of two ways. Is that you're either looking at, you know, as you say, getting a young boy educated in the Rangers way and the Stephen Gerrard way, you know, uh, bringing him on uh, for the future, or he's going to bring us in some money. You're looking at another, you're, you're looking at another Billy Gilmer scenario. Um, if he's that good, that young, you see the downside of that is we might not be able to hang on to him. Um, but if he's that good, that young, we we could be, you know, getting some seriously needed funds, you know. And I just say that because of the the, the general the kind of COVID situation. There's there's still teams down south and across the the big leagues in Europe that are paying silly money uh, for players, while the um, most other clubs are trying to kind of cut the cloth just now. Uh, but I I think it's also important, and nobody will know this, like Stephen Gerrard. That, you know, all this, I mean, talk about like, the club died in 2012, a lot of nonsense, you know, but the infrastructure was hit really terribly, you know, and there's been a rebuilding process and you've got to kind of future-proof ourselves as well and to have young boys like that going along eh, on these games and just absorbing the atmosphere and seeing what it is to be a Rangers player in a winning squad, doing it home and away, um, that's something that hopefully if, if we keep this boy he can he can pass on to you know players and players in the future. We saw it all through the kind of um the banter years. You're, you're wanting Kenny Miller and Chris Boyd and you know guys like that to come back in and kind of tell the rest of these new players that we're signing what it's all about. And uh, the other the other way of doing that is getting young boys and just immersing them in what it's all about. Yeah, aye. As I said, I, I, I don't think he'll get any game time, but I always think it's good to get young players in as early as possible. But as as you said, you know, we discussed off air that the minute we, I think any club in Scotland produces a real talent, there's always that fear where they actually play for the first team. You know, that Billy Gilmore situation you were talking about earlier. But I, I was quite pleased to see that someone like that, you know, trained with the squad this morning. You know, it, it gives them that wee bit of exposure. In terms of the starting 11, Alex, now... I think Gerard's probably in as healthy a position as he's been. The club, uh, sorry, uh, the players are playing well. Squad is full complement. You know, he's got the sort of problems that a, a manager would want in, in terms of selecting his first eleven for, for tomorrow night. Two players I want to focus on, though, because they've, they've previously played in Belgium. That's uh, Hadji and Roof. Now, Roof is obviously getting back up to speed. You know, it to me, he was just getting into his game when he, when he picked up that injury. And it was really frustrating because I thought he was bringing the best out of Ryan Kent. I thought he was linking up well with Ryan Kent. Uh, but he's got experience of playing in Belgium. He played for Anderlecht and Hadji as well. He was with Genk for the first half of last season uh, before he joined us uh, in the January break on loan. 
Now, uh, I mean, Roof's last goal for Anderlecht came against Liège. Given that, you know, Hadji didn't feature on, on Saturday, or he certainly didn't start in the, 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 the old firm game, Roof, as Gerard has already alluded to, is getting himself up to speed. But given the fact that they, they know uh, the Belgium set up so well, they'll know uh, standard Liège very well, they'll, they'll know what they're all about. Can you see him being tempted to, to, to either start them from the start or, or introduce them at some point in proceedings? I would, I would, I would doubt you'd see both of them, mate, uh, for the for the start. Um, I think you'll certainly be bending the rear. It'd be daft not to. Um, what do you know about this team? Uh, what do you know about the, Bel- you know, the whole kind of Belgian setup, the whole Belgian domestic setup in general? Um, but I don't think he'll be bringing. I, I don't think if it doesn't suit Gerard's tactics, he'll have analysed them tactically. I mean, be all that. Or, or, they'll know exactly how standardly is play and there's plenty of evidence uh, the last few years of the regulars at this stage of the competition um, so you'll know how they're going to play um, within a certain limit um, and I think he'll just decide whether uh, he thinks Hadji suits that or not I don't think that the fact that he's played there will influence him that much um, I, to be honest with you mate, I, I, would, I would just go with the same I would go with the same team uh, as Saturday not just because it won um, but because we played that game in a kind of, I think, in much the same style as we'll, as we'll want to play tomorrow night. You know, at times we were, we were irate, we were a bit uh, kind of miffed on Saturday because we didn't we did, we score as many goals, basically, as we thought we could. But um, I don't know if it was Neil McCann, who I thought was tremendous in his analysis of the game on in, in Saturday night, um, while I was still just on my fifth or sixth can. Um, but I think he was saying about how we played it in a way that contained as well as as well as created chances, um, and that was, it was a kind of European style performance. Um, so I, I would, I, I don't know about Brandon Barker. You know, I, I like Brandon more than maybe a lot of other people do, and I think he's, there's definitely a lot there. I would maybe be wanting to put Arable in, you know, but it depends. It's, it's all that thing is it, it's speed versus guile. We know the whole thing we had. You. He's he's got the touches, he's got the vision, he's got the skill, um, but he's maybe just lacking that bit of uh, that bit of pace. And uh, remember Brandon Barker doing the business over in Porto last season. So, and Roof, I don't think if, I don't know, game time, I would just like to see him a bit sharper. He's maybe a man, I think we'll maybe start resting and bringing guys like that in on uh, Sunday against Livingston. Yeah, I would like to see uh, Morelos again uh, tomorrow night just for his mobility, um, what he's bringing to the kind of general the mobility of the whole team just now. And also the fact, this is it's the Europa League group stages. This is, this is Alfie's house. This is what he just went nuts last season. It was unplayable at times. So um I think we should just stick with the same team, maybe with Barker being the kind of the kind of doubt. Now d- tomorrow uh, it brings something that we've not seen so far this season other than the I think the friendlies in France. Uh, there will be some supporters at the game tomorrow, which all it feels almost alien in these sort of post COVID times. I mean, how? I mean, we've, we've discussed previously that you know we we think that no fans is, is helping this Rangers team, especially at Ibrox, you know, because there's no the, the criticism when they're not one or two not up against, you know, the, the teams are expected to win against easily. After the sort of first half hour, you know, you would start to get the groans by about an hour. It would be outright sort of criticism. Some of the players sort of shrunk a wee bit. So this is, I mean, this is this is going to be the first time that. We've had that. Uh, I, I tend to think that we, we react it away from home fairly well. That's been proven 
uh, in, in you know previous games in, in, in Europe League under Steven Gerrard. But how do you think that could impact the game tomorrow? So you, I mean, I, I think just just from a watching it point of view, it's going to be so much better, you know, to have an atmosphere that isn't piped in, or you know, you know, the the, the TV company do. Uh, you, yeah. What Celtic done on Saturday was was quite funny. I thought I must sitting that piping in the rebel songs and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, it is going to feel a wee bit more like a proper football game, which is surely a good thing. And you would hope the players would react to them. I think it's just nice to see fans uh, fans back in the ground. Do you know how many how many is going to be there, Collins? At one of these, I've no idea. I've no idea. I just I just I just saw that Stephen Gerrard mentioned it in his his presser. I they were looking forward to fans being back in it. But I did notice. I watched the. Well, I didn't really watch it. It was on in the background when I was talking about the house. The UV game was on last night. Aye. And I was making the dinner. My boy actually popped his head into the kitchen. He says, "There's fans in that ground. What's going on?" Yeah. Uh, and I think that was Moscow. And it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't anywhere near. Uh, Full to capacity, obviously, no. but I would say it was maybe 30 40 percent. So I, I think, think there could think... be a, I think there could be a decent amount of supporters in tomorrow, and, and that'll give it something. Well, it's just I think I, I don't really know. I need to look into you need to look into how the, the Belgian government's uh, kind of uh, dealing with these things. I, I watched a few of the Champions League highlights um, for last night, and ironically or coincidentally, uh, Bruges, the champions who. Uh, Lee scored a last-minute injury time equaliser against uh, on Saturday uh, at home. They won late on against uh, Zenit St. Petersburg in Russia. And that's a massive stadium. Zenit have got a new stadium and there was, it looked like maybe there was 10,000 there. Um, you had a situation where in, in Paris, PSG were playing Man U, there was nobody there, but yet Rennes, different part of the country, but it's another French team, they had 5,000 in. And they had a kind of They've got a kind of thirty to thirty-five thousand capacity stadium, so it was it was creating a bit of atmosphere there. Um, but I just thinking back on it, I don't. I think maybe only Leipzig uh, were the only kind of team last night who had a crowd in who actually won. And I'm what I think if it's one of these ones where um, you've got enough fans in to make the ground seem a bit depressing. You know, if you, if, you got, if it's a small crowd. And that the, the stad Morris Dufresne has got a reputation for producing an atmosphere. Um, but it's it's it kind of sums up standalone to me. It's one of the stadiums that's gonna it's got three tiers um on three sides of the, the stadium, which makes it sound like a massive, but it's the, the total capacity is twenty nine thousand. The top tier goes right the way around the three sides, but there's these kind of big gaps like we used to have between either side of the government stand. Yeah. Um below that. And it, it looks like a kind of place, if it's packed, the atmosphere is jumping and it's going to inspire the home team. But if it's kind of half empty, it's it's exposed and it's windy and it could get a bit depressing um, if we if we play our cards right. And you know what the Rangers supporters are like. You know, if, if there's a chance of getting in, we're, we're going to have bodies in there tomorrow yeah. night in the crowd. <laughs> and if we end up making mere noise, you know, it's just going to create the general sense of confusion. I think it'll be more confusing in that kind of situation for the home side. Um, than it is in, encouraging for them, you know, and uh, I, I'm, I'm quite, I'm alright with that. I, I think I'd be, I think I'd be more worried if it was completely empty or completely full. Kind of halfway house, you know, what else would be at Ibrox when there's like maybe, you know, uh, kind of it's, it's less than half full. It can be quite yeah. depressing for the whole yeah, side. Yeah, so it can be. Yeah, doesn't bother me. I, mate. I, doesn't bother me. But I, th- I mean, I, I, I think just to see fans in again would, would be good. And, and on that comment about Rangers fans being there, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think we'll have a, con, a contingent in there tomorrow. I have uh, heard that a, a certain supporters club is going to be in there, but I won't name them. 
Uh, but, you know, I think it was Alan McCoy that said if he played in the moon, you know, Rangers fans would get there. There's Aye. a game on tomorrow night. There would, there would have been fans there anyway, you know. There's fans have travelled to the away game so far anyway, even although they can't get in. The ground's open. It's an absolute certainty that there's going to be bears in there tomorrow. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's good. You know what I mean? It's 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 something that I think we've needed for a wee while. And, and I'm not talking about the players here. I'm just talking about the game in general, you know, seeing fans back in the ground and uh, and not having, not having this sort of false atmosphere sort of piped into it. So... Aye, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing A, how many's in and, and, and what sort of atmosphere it brings and, and just you know, hearing the players shouting at one another, you know, all that kind of stuff that, aye, that aye, kind aye. of sometimes takes That's the... the, the I mean, you, it, people say, I've heard people say, oh, it doesn't make that much difference. It was at the 70th minute before there was a booking on Saturday in the, in the, in the Old Firm game. When has that ever happened? You know and, what I mean? Uh, and, and, we could be guaranteed Scott Brown would have been hitting the deck, you know, when he nah. got his wee tickle in the ear. Um, yeah. for, nah, for nah, Alfie. That, that's what I mean. It, it affects the decision-making process. If you're playing a game with a sixty thousand fans screaming hatred at one another, of course that affects your decision-making process and what you're going to do. So it'll be good to see how the players cope with that tomorrow, and it'll be good just to see it uh, from a from a supporter's perspective, just seeing fans back in the ground because it feels like a long, long time. Uh, if I'm being honest, too long. On, Aye, too long, I know. Uh, on standard liaise themselves, right, we, we mentioned this earlier on in the show, have a wee look at their form. But there, there is the main sort of talking point at the moment is that that four or five players have been have been withdrawn from the squad. Uh, they've confirmed that, now, forgive my pronunciation here, I am absolutely hopeless at this, but uh, Mikhail Ange Balwisha, Nicholas Raskin, Musa Sisako uh, and their goalkeeping coach have all tested positive for covid uh, so the three players uh, are obviously out. And Damjan uh, Pavlovich and Abdul Fasal Tabsoba, I'm doing well here, uh, they've tested negative, but they've had to withdraw from the squad because they've had close contact with the three people who have tested. So you're, you're looking at five players that are missing from that squad. Now, looking looking at some of the, the their stats today, I was sort of looking at some of those players today in terms of appearances in, in, in Europe for, for, for standard players. None of them seem to have, have, have uh, played quite a lot of games. So I, I, I obviously have an impact in terms of, you know, how, who they're starting with and who they're putting on the bench. You know, five players out of the squad uh, is a sizable chunk. But in, in terms of the quality, in terms of what they've provided to, to standard players, I, I'm not convinced it's going to be huge misses for them uh, based on the stats that I read today. But you would think it might have an impact uh, on tomorrow's proceedings, how, how do you? I mean, if we were missing five players, I suppose we'd be like, well, you know, that's a bit grim. So, how, how do you think early age will be looking at that? I, I, I'm same as yourself, Colin. I don't think it's, I don't think it's too much of a worry for them. Um, from what I could see, uh, and thank God it's the one that's easiest to pronounce. Uh, Nicholas <laughs> Raskin uh, was the the only fella who's a regular, um, and he's only been a regular this season. They're all, they're all about 19 years old. These guys. Um, I think I think three of them kind of you know room together. Um, none of them um, are regulars. I, I don't think I, I think there's hardly any appearances between them except Raskin, who's played. I think he's played all nine league games that they've played this season, and he's scored as a midfielder. Um, so that's good that he's out. You know that's good. We've got another one that's, that's obviously in a bit of form. But um, no, I've been I've been more concerned. I've been trying to find out all day, and this is where my I've stopped buying newspapers because of the the internet, and it's kind of let me down because I should have had the, the the Sundays to find out about this chap called Selim Amala. 
Uh, he's number 19. He turns 24 next month. Like Moroccan international, uh, born in uh, Belgium, Moroccan parents. Um, he seems to be the main man, especially in the, the, the Europa League. He scored four of the seven goals uh, in the qualifiers, in the, in the playoff, and uh, all their winners, you know, scoring the winning goal, you know, in, in all three of their games. Um, he started taking penalties for them as well. Um, the only bit of footage I've got of uh, Standard Lays, other than the uh, 1982 Cup Winners Cup final, is the game last season against Arsenal, where they chucked it in the last the last group game. They were two nothing up, and then Arsenal scored. And that, that was him going through. Then Arsenal scored two goals in, in the last ten minutes to, to to put them back out, and uh, he scored two uh, 0 up. He looks like a kind of a kind of young, rangy Scott Arfield kind of coming through the middle and just being a being a real threat. Um, so I'm trying, he didn't, from what I can see, he didn't play on Saturday against Bruges. And uh, I'm actually kind of crossing my fingers that he's maybe injured, that he's, you know, uh, as opposed to being rested. Yeah, I can't see him resting in a big derby game. So he's a guy I don't want to see. He, he would be the guy to, to, to look out for. But um, I, I don't see anything uh, generally about Liège that, 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 we, that we can't cope with, other than the fact that they're, they're regulars at ourselves, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought the comment you made earlier on about being a good match of clubs. I think that's that's a fair comment. I mean, in terms of form in, in Europe, they are they are they're inconsistent. They're on a, a decent run of form at the moment, but they've, they've only won eight of the last eighteen Europa League home group uh, games. Uh, they've drawn the six and lost four of the others, but they have won five of the last six. Uh, and they're now unbeaten in 15 European home fixtures. So it's kind of inconsistent there. And they're currently sitting fourth in the domestic league, which would make you think, you know, the kind of Aberdeen of Belgium, as you said earlier on, but they're only a point behind uh, the leaders. Uh, they've played nine, won five, drawn three, lost one. They've scored 13 and conceded seven. Now I'm going to focus on the conceded seven here uh, because, you know, they've, they've basically conceded uh, half as many goals as they scored. So that says to me, you know, especially the way Rangers are playing at the moment, you know, I think a couple of the games this season against United, certainly the game against uh, Galatasaray, we, we, we played really well in that second half. You know, we've shown that if we if we turn up and, and, and play our A game, we can get at most teams. And that, you know, to concede that amount of goals gives me the, the impression that if we play well tomorrow, we, we've got a good chance of scoring. Yes. Yes, we've got a good chance of scoring and you're just expecting us not to concede and not to concede that many. I'm basically going into this game with the same kind of mindset I was having to force on myself the last kind of quarter of an hour or so on Saturday where I'm, the only thing to fear is just kind of fear itself. Now You're just you're so used to, to being under the cosh, you're so used to um, Celtic Park being a hard place to go to. You're trying to you're, you're trying to kind of protect your emotions. You don't want to get confident because it comes back to bite you in the arse. Um, and I must admit, this this just seems to suit Rangers. Uh, this kind of game, where hopefully we're slight underdogs because we're you know we're away from home. But Stanley, I know I, we're actually in the same situation again. The, the, the matchup, we've no lost a home game in the group stage, you know, in the, in the two in the last two seasons, you know, and. We're also slightly improving. It's that thing, the, the, the first season under Gerard in the group stage, a great draw with Villarreal, with 10, 10 men for a lot of the game. We beat Rapid Vienna, kind of poor draw with uh, Spartak Moscow. 
last season. We're beating Feyenoord, we're beating Porto, and the, the poor result was like a last-minute equaliser from young boys, Bern. You know, so our, our record speaks for itself as well. Um, and I just, I, the only thing that's bothering me is every, it, it's, it's almost like a percentages thing, you know, like it's just got to happen. The games in the Europa League, there's only been, we've won two games by two goals, but when we get beat, it's by one goal. When we draw, you know, it's intense as anything like the games in, you know, the games away to Villarreal, you know, away to uh, Porto, away, away to Feyenoord. It's just, it's just tight all the time. And it's fantastic because it's epic more than tight. It's just great fun because we're always in it. We're never at it. We're never at the group stages. We're never at any game. We're never really that far clear either. We never really put anybody away when it gets to this stage, which is, you know, it's not a problem. And I just feel as if it's time for our first away win under Gerard. But like in, in the group stages, but also it could be time for the first scalping, you know, just the old, <laughs> the old uh, black superstitions. It's, you know, watch what you're saying, Alec, don't get too confident. But um, I think with everything that's happening this season and everything that's probably going to happen with the COVID, um, as I was saying earlier, it would be fantastic to, to get out. This, this is a team we've got, to, we've got to finish above this mob, I would imagine, as much as we've got to finish above like Poznan. Um, I, and I would like us to get the, the first blow and I would like Stevie G to get his first away win in the group stages Yeah, I mean he should have got it against uh, young boys last year really but Aye. he's not to be, he was just that what, sort of last 5-10 minutes or whenever it was we conceded the goals but I mean it feels to me like we're, we're in a really really good place at the moment and you know it's very early on in the season but you know you have a feeling that if we continue the, the, the form that we're, we're showing at the moment, both domestically and in, in this the Europa League campaign, will not be far away. It's probably the most positive I've felt, you know, being a Rangers fan for a, for, for a good number of years. Yeah. Uh, and it's enjoyable. So, last question, uh, will you be drinking Belgian lager watching the game tomorrow night? <laughs> I'll be drinking in. I can get my hands on me. <laughs> you try and square myself up for the weekend. I'll be, <laughs> I've had the chitters all week. i try to recover from that. Um, uh, well, I've, I've been good, so I might, I might treat myself to a couple of Stellas tomorrow night and we'll, we'll, we'll watch them uh, right, right, and, and see how we get on. Uh, right, guys, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Just a quick preview show for, to, for, the, for the, the game tomorrow night, obviously. So a big thanks to Alex for his contribution. Uh, much appreciated as always. It was like a full scouting report uh, he gave us there of Belgian football. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and remember, we've got the Sunday show... After, after the game on Thursday, we're right back into it. We've got the game against Livingston at Ibrox on Sunday. Uh, I think it's myself and Ross and a, a deputant for the Jersnet podcast that's on on Sunday night. So we'll get into that. In the meantime, uh, between then and now, get yourself on to the, the website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. As I said earlier on, loads of stuff on there. Uh, get yourself involved and put the word out there about what we're doing. Uh, again, guys, it's just, you know, we've got news today of further restrictions. So even although the football's on and we're all enjoying life in, in terms of where Rangers are at the moment, a wee reminder today that things aren't quite the way they should be. So as always, stay safe, look after everyone, uh, and until Sunday night, bye for now. <laughs>